0: I want to begin this podcast on a personal note. I'm recording this on doctor's day. As I entered the hospital this morning, there were a group of people outside that took my temperature, took a health questionnaire, gave me a slip, which allowed me to enter the hospital and a mask that I was to wear in the hospital. Because I'm on staff, I can go in there, but they're only allowing one person, one visitor at a time. But I was cognizant today that, in the United Kingdom, we lost a surgeon who died of COVID-19. He was my age. He had, for health reasons, retired, but felt compelled to come back and help with the horrific onslaught of COVID patients that were affecting his local hospital. He developed symptoms, rapidly declined, and died. He died because people were selfish. People who should have stayed home didn't. And they spread the disease to others unknowingly. Then he died. He also died because he didn't have the personal protective equipment that could have saved his life. So today, we're going to talk about how an 85-cent mask and a $10 test not only broke down the economy and if you want to trace the effect of the virus on the economy you should know it isn't the virus it's the response to the virus my name is dr terry simpson and this is your doctor's orders dedicated to busting myths and spreading science virally How long has the N95 mask been the most sought-after item on Amazon? It turns out, before a single case of COVID-19 in the United States. If you had shopped for that N95 mask, you would have found someone selling a dozen of them for $500. Do you know how much... An N95 mask cost before COVID-19? 85 cents. An N95 mask, when fitted properly, will keep out over 95% of the viral particles from entering your lungs. That's what the 95 means. But I want to take you back in time in history to another plague 500 years ago when they also had masks. The original masks for plagues were not to keep out viruses or bacteria. You may have seen the so-called plague mask, and if not, look at this episode's page on yourdoctorsorders.com. But the original masks were to keep the smell of the plague, the smell of death, away from the person wearing the mask. It was their belief that smell caused the disease. So the long beaks on the plague mask were filled with incense. Their belief being that this bad air, or as they called it, miasma, could be improved with incense so that you would smell better air and you wouldn't get sick from the plague. Now, we know that it isn't the smell. We know it's bacteria or viruses. I want to take you a few hundred years later to northern China, which at that time was known as Manchuria, and there was another plague. Most people thought plagues at this time were caused by fleas. And in 1910, they certainly knew about the germ theory. But there was a young physician who had done an autopsy on one of these plague patients, and he felt that it wasn't the fleas that caused the plague, but a bacteria or virus. And he thought if he could make a mask that would keep that out, he could continue working among these victims. So he made one out of gauze, which he wrapped a number of times and fit tightly around him. The whole idea was to filter the microbes out of the air so as he was breathing. But physicians made fun of him, thinking back to the masks of the plagues, and saying, it isn't the smell. He knew that. The other doctors didn't use a mask because they thought it was fleas. And those physicians ended up dying of the plague. But that single idea, begin the idea that you could filter out microbes with a mask. So some people begin to play with this idea. Industry begin to experiment with materials to make masks to filter out bacteria and other items. Now, I want to make clear that these are not the surgical masks that I wear in the operating room today or the type that I was given as I entered the hospital today. Those masks are really to prevent me from coughing into the wound of a patient or if you're a follower of Seinfeld, losing a junior mint. But the idea of filtering out small particles also became of interest to industry. And the first N95 masks really were to filter out small industrial particles like asbestos or fine sawdust, fiberglass. And in order to work properly, they had to be fitted, of course. But today, they are also made for hospitals because hospital workers need them. So they're not exposed to that aerosolized virus, meaning in this case, when patients with COVID-19 cough, small virus particles spew out and are infectious. You've probably heard in the news of hospital workers in New York City, Northern Italy and other places begging for the N95 masks. And to help ease that shortage, many companies have increased the manufacturing of these masks. Today, a 3M company out of the United States is doubling its facilities. Those masks are most important for healthcare workers, those who are at the greatest risk for contracting COVID 19, like my fellow surgeon who died in the United Kingdom. The shortage in those hospitals is critical. And healthcare workers are asking people who have these masks, who have hoarded them, to send them to local hospitals. But why is there a shortage? Well, It turns out that a little over half of the N95 masks are made in China. So when COVID-19 became epidemic in China, the production of masks and the shipment out of masks was stopped. And once production started again, China began to hoard those masks for themselves, but they are slowly now airlifting those masks back to hospitals. We do have a national stockpile of medical equipment, including N95 masks. That National Reserve was started in 2005 by a forward-thinking administration, but it was depleted during the swine flu epidemic of 2009 and 2010, and they were not replaced. Oops. As of March 29th, Doctor's Day, there are 12 million N95 masks left in the strategic stockpile, which isn't even 1% of what we need. COVID-19 may not have arrived at your community yet, but the lack of N95 masks will affect your community. As a result of not having those masks, many hospitals have stopped doing all but emergency operations. That cancer in your colon may not be operated because there are not enough masks. And operations and procedures, as it turns out, are responsible for a lot of revenue that pay for hospital operating costs. This means that hospitals that don't do elective operations may run out of the funds that they use to pay their nursing staff, technicians, and other staff, and so they lay them off or decrease their hours, causing some of those nurses and professional staff to find other jobs. And what that means is that when the surge of COVID-19 hits your hospital, and it will, they may not have the trained personnel on hand to respond. To think your hospital may not help in an epidemic because they don't have an item that costs 85 cents, a mask. And if you hear the pleas from hospitals that are in the midst of the COVID-19 epidemic, you will hear them asking for that mask. You'll also hear them asking for personal protective equipment or PPE, things like the gowns that hospital workers wear, those little bunny suits designed to protect healthcare workers against the infectious viral particles. It turns out that most personal protective equipment that hospitals in the United States buy, over 80%, come from China. Our U.S. hospitals are dependent on China to protect our healthcare workers. Now, it didn't used to be that way. Most personal protective equipment used to be made in the United States, but as hospitals have been trying to control costs, And like many things in the United States, it's just less expensive when manufactured in China. And many hospitals are running short of gowns, gloves, and other items that have been outsourced. That's probably one of the reasons we have a strategic supply in the event of the interruption of that supply chain like we had. But this epidemic, this COVID-19 epidemic, is worse because that strategic reserve of masks and other personal protective equipment was not replaced. When this epidemic is over, and it will be, for better or worse, besides restocking our strategic reserve, we need to consider hospitals stockpiling more of these supplies. We might also consider requiring hospitals to have their own stockpiled reserve, and that hospitals would required to purchase them from manufacturers in the United States, like woodworkers have, by the way. Woodworkers use their own version of N95 masks, but they required those to be made in the United States. And during this crisis, woodworkers have donated millions of those masks to hospitals. And really on behalf of many who work in hospitals. To those in the woodworking industry, thank you. If you want to restart the economy, and who doesn't, you have to know who is infected Who's contagious? We need to isolate them. But without that knowledge, the only choice we have is something called shelter in place. I think that's a silly name. Shelter sounds like it applies more to pets than people. But let's make it clear and call it stay home and don't leave. Because some people will hear shelter in place and won't think it applies to them. A better method is to test everyone for COVID-19, to have the answers quickly so that we can isolate carriers and stop the spread. We also need a blood test that will determine if you've had it. We call that an antibody test so that we can see people who have made it through COVID-19 because as many as 80% may have no symptoms, but are immune from it and thus can be out in the workforce. Fortunately, help is coming. The antibody test has been made. A number of groups have made it and they anticipate will be ready in a few weeks. More tests are being developed to determine if you've had or are shedding virus from COVID-19. Some of those tests will be out in the first part of April, but currently all we have are tests that'll take you a couple of days. But until we have that, you have to shelter in place. Had we had those tests, we wouldn't have had to stall the economy by closing business. If you can determine who's contagious and who's not and who's recovered from this virus with a simple technology that costs about 10 bucks, we would not have had to stop our economy. I want you to consider this. On January 27th, the World Health Organization offered its test kits to the United States. We refused, stating we could make our own test kits. Well, by mid-March, six weeks after we had been offered that test, We hadn't even tested 10,000 people. We're now up to about a half a million tests that have been done, but it's still not enough. So we had to make the most prudent decision, stop people from going into public places, shut down restaurants and other businesses. We stopped our economy. We had no choice. Some people didn't do that. Some people think because they didn't know anybody with COVID-19, it didn't apply to them. On February 25th, Mardi Gras brought millions of people in close proximity in the city of New Orleans. They gave no thought to a pandemic. They were having a party. Their president had told them this was no big deal at that time, and they caught beads and COVID-19. Louisiana was just declared a national disaster area, and their governor is asking for thousands of ventilators for their patients. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis said he was not going to close his beaches. Even though doctors and scientists were advising him that this would result in a surge of COVID-19 cases, he kept the beaches open. You remember spring break? Well, that happened. And not only did Florida see a rapid increase in COVID-19 cases, and a national disaster declared because of it in that state. Those who went to vacation for spring break have returned home exposing their friends, family, and neighbor, and community to COVID-19. This is serious. Stay at home. I get tired of answering people saying, this isn't as bad as influenza, which kills millions of people every year, hundreds of thousands in the United States? Think of it. Look at what's happening in New York City, in Seattle, in New Orleans, in Florida, Ohio, California. The hospitals are being slowly overwhelmed with COVID-19 patients, and it just isn't that more COVID-19 patients will die. It means that if you or your loved ones are sick and go to the hospital for any other reason, a heart attack, a stroke, cancer, pneumonia, you may not get the care you need because the staff is stretched too thin. You may not get a hospital bed. You may not be able to get on a ventilator because they don't have the life-saving equipment available. The death rate is not just from this virus. The death rate would include the person who dies of a heart attack in the hospital because they didn't have the people to attend or he couldn't get to a ventilator. The death rate is the person who gets a community-acquired pneumonia like I had last year and instead of getting better, might get worse. Stay at home. That is your part. A little bit of good news is that more tests will come out, but remember, it's not soon enough. And while America is ramping up its production of masks and personal protective equipment and China is releasing more, hospital workers still make up over 10% of the COVID-19 cases. The nurses, the doctors, the hospital workers are literally on the front line. Please thank them. This crisis was brought about by a virus but it was exacerbated by ineptitude. But you don't need to be a part of the problem. Stay at home. Order food. Wash your hands. And please know this. It affected me greatly when my fellow surgeon died. Leaving his wife and kids. Going into the front lines to help you. People who were too silly to listen to staying at home. Until we have the virus tests available, please stay at home. Thank you for listening to Your Doctor's Orders, and while I am a doctor and a virologist, I am not your doctor and you should seek the advice of a trusted licensed medical practitioner with experience before taking any actions, but here is the advice you need to take. Stay at home, wash your hands. This podcast is a part of Your Doctor's Order's network and is produced and distributed by our friends at Simpler Media. My executive producer is the talented and masked producer girl from Producer Girl Production. And you can follow me for more information and snarky tweets where I am at Dr. Terry Simpson, that is D.R. Terry Simpson. Until next time, don't drink the water, drink the scotch. Hey, Evo, I wondered if the miserable time you had in January was because of COVID-19. I think soon we'll be able to test you and find out. Until then, stay home, smoke your pipe, and thanks for making me and this podcast formerly known as Culinary Medicine Sound Fantastic. I quite literally couldn't do this without, wait a minute, did you add this to the end of my script? Oh, classic Evo.